Hook them, boys. Hook them. There they go. Yeah, always fun to follow the best coming out of the gate. And we're rounding third, Rodney, getting ready to come here to home for this stretch of major Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that. Welcome to Chaos Theory. It is Adam Wagner and Rodney Rodriguez on Texas Sports Unfiltered. You can find me on Twitter at Not to Fake Wags. My guy Rodney is at the Rodney R and on the gram at the underscore Rodney R. I'm at the Wagner Wire on uh, the Instagram and on every other social media thing out there as well. What's up, dude? How's man? My, I still got this damn softball like feeling thing in my back. I'm trying to get comfortable, man. But every time I I wince. Or every time I breathe, I wince, dude. Oh, like, man. What's going on? So you'll see me from time to time, like, trying to just, maybe I'm sitting on, like, a golf ball or a tennis ball. Nah, man. Or or something squirrely's trying to get up my ass. Nah, dude. Nah, yeah. I'm just, I got a bad back muscle right now. Well, and and I'll give you guys just just kind of a warning. So so in my neighborhood right now, we were talking about the hailstorms and all that. Oh. We have multiple. Uh, I mean, there's like massive cleanup going on around here. And my, my studio assistants are, are too great dogs so at any point if they go crazy and i stop talking uh th that's what i'm doing right there i'm like gonna mute myself so uh, j just kind of be prepared for that but uh that's kind of what i'm doing so wax i did finally yeah, get out everything uh, in order I, though like uh from the hail and whatnot everything uh, you know I, bad damages anything like I, that? I haven't gone to look at the house yet i mean because we you know we live in a two-story house so it's right. hard to see uh stuff but uh my car is beat to shit oh, <laughs> so uh, sorry man yeah no i mean it's one of those it's still it drives. Sucks. that just sucks it still drives dude dude i'm a race car driver i'm used to driving cars that are all beat up so to me it's like all right uh, you know i'm just going out driving yeah you know it, it, it feels kind of normal but hey wags before we dive into the good sports stuff i know yesterday you and i were talking about you know we were talking about the big nfl stories of the mm -hmm. other week and, and weekend and all that stuff did you see that the Travis Kelsey jerseys have 400% they went up in sales since uh, all the damn Swifties buying. Oh shit, I forgot to put my Taylor shirt on. Damn it. I'll, Stop. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do all it tomorrow. All the Swifties are buying them, Rodney. That's why, man. Dude, yeah. And it's like, how is and, this uh, the story? Like, instead of the 70 point dolphin, you know, ride the victory here, how in the hell is Taylor Swift the story? Hey man, I, I tell that you, much man, pop. that much she pop. is, uh, uh, that's, that's, that's her, man. She just, um, I mean, it's one of those things to where, uh, you know, you know, with pop culture and all that stuff to, to where folks get fixated on that. And from everything that I've I didn't heard realize about she her, was this big dude. I mean, oh, like it, you it, hear it, the she, name and you know that she's going to be a headline and everything, exactly. man, but I've never been to a concert. I'm not a Swifty, so I don't understand no. this. No, well, I have daughters, so so I totally get it. My but, wife doesn't even like like my wife thinks she's talented, but she don't even follow her. You know what I mean? Well, and, and I gotta tell you, I, I think part of the I, I think part of the the love that that I've heard for this the, the Swifties, even the older ladies. I mean, you, you know, some of the you know moms and all that. You know, it's that she writes her own music and and she's able to like actually fucking play a guitar. Don't all that, musicians write their own music? No, I mean, no, 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 no. A lot of them don't, and. and and I think that's the big thing with her. And then, but the whole thing is, you know, when people's like, she's writing her own music. I'm like, yeah, she's like dishing on all her old boyfriends. I mean, that's, well, I, I think that's what that. rock and rollers and, and what, <laughs> and what not make, you know, that what, yeah. that's what makes good lyrics, right. Is, is broken hearts and, and, you know, treks through drug ridden, you know, life and everything <laughs> like that. I mean, that's what's, that's what life is all about, man. That's the meat and potatoes of life, brother. 
Yeah, that, that, that's why I like country music, dude, or old country music, because it's like, man, you sit the there. The country that I'm really into now is like Sturgill Simpson. Would you consider Sturgill Simpson country music? Yeah, yeah. You you get you get dudes like him. I mean, to me, that that old field, right, right there. I mean, that has that let has the, ask, the country feel to it. Let me uh, ask Chris, chat Chris this: Maple, what is Chris, what is country music these days, Chat? Rodney Rodney likes to go back on the old school kind of vibe of country music. To me, I feel like I guess the only the only good country out there, authentic country, would be like a Ryan Bingham or Stapleton. Yeah, or, uh, or Chris Stapleton yeah. or um yeah. or hell or Sturgill, man. Or or maybe I'm just not that, you know. Well, into it, the it, whole country scene, so I, I don't know. And you get some of these guys like a Josh Turner or, or somebody like that, you know, and, and Clay Walker, you know. Turn the lights down low. That, that one right there, my brother. Yeah. That that's yeah. that's the one right there. That's a never fail. Hey, but, I heard BK and Bucky talk about Sue Patrick. Oh, Sue Patrick, maybe we want to do Bob Cole here. Oh yeah. yeah, Sue Patrick, you can park right at the door. No need to go to a parking garage. A little wild, man. It's a little wild this morning. There was a wild night last one. Five to one on the scoreboard, lightening up for the Rangers and the Astros here. Maybe a little too late to get it going, Rodney. What's up? Nah, well, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is right here with the with uh, you know, I, I posted it on the Twix last night. I'm like, look, if you're the Astros, you don't want them at home. I mean, put them on the road. I mean, that, that's where they seem to be. That's where they seem to be doing, you know, the, the all the damage you best. And, and, you know, Verlander, Verlander was Verlander. He looked great last night, man. Dude, he looked dude, fantastic. That, that was epic Verlander last eight, night. Eight innings. That is exactly what you needed. Kept the bullpen a little bit fresh as possible. Um, Roddy, and that's the thing, too. Like, that's why it's so big of a deal for Baltimore or for Tampa Bay to win the division because you get the one and two seeds, get the rest. They don't have to go into their bullpen. They don't have to allow their starting rotation to be so devastated and drained on innings and just have their arms just hanging down off of them, man. They mm -hmm. get a chance to rest and allow this uh, the wild card series to actually happen so that they can rest some of their starters, man. One and two, it's such a brutal position to have right now because you get that day of rest or you get that yeah. week of rest, essentially. Yeah, but, you know, kind of the counter to that, in my opinion, Wags, has always been where you get a team yeah. – you, you get a team that that every series is a playoff series trying to get into the playoffs and and uh, you know you get them in there and they don't want to be off and they don't want to be off and i rather rest that, the I, I rather rest the arms mm -hmm. instead of yeah. you know stay like fresh or or I, you're not really staying fresh but staying like in rhythm and, and whatnot um yeah to me i think if you have the extra days off you allow your pitchers to, to rest their arms and that will get you a lot further going forward um instead of just having like you know natural uh rhythm at the plate and, and seeing the ball well of course you're gonna have a little bit of a a reprieve or you know a little bit of an off day if you come back uh from a two-day break or whatnot but i'd much rather have those arms rested rodney yeah well i i was um over the weekend i was looking at something uh from our friend uh julia morales you, you know that did some time here with austin tv you know back I, the, at the, i know why you're watching her no, 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 no. I, I'm watching her for the right reasons uh, this time. And, and she's talking about she, she's talking about what could possibly happen right here for the Astros. I mean, they could end up going to Toronto. I mean, if, if you get into the wild card thing, I mean, you, you get through all of this. You Seattle, you got to go to Arizona. Depending how all of this shit shakes out, you may go to to, to Canada 
I mean, to play in in some sort of wild card uh, situation right there. So this, I mean, this really is. And, and isn't it funny? We don't even talk about the NL. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the NL, I feel like the NL only has like two sexy races, not too much going down. I mean, there's a hell in the, in the AL, man. I mean, you got the race for the West, the race for the East and the race for the, uh, for the wild card, man. It just doesn't feel like it's that appealing in the national league for me. We'll touch on the national league for sure, but there's just so much more at stake. And well, at least for me with skin in the game with the Orioles here, but there's just a lot more skin, um, more stuff at stake for the American league. Uh, Five to one Astros dominant over the Mariners last night in Seattle, but also you had Texas five to one dominant over Atlanta or excuse me, angels in anaheim let's go into the astros and mariners first here rodney verlander giving you eight we talked about that just a little bit ago dominant this is kind of what you need what did you like to see out of the start or out of verlander and also uh in spell of him when the bullpen came in oh man i'll tell you um eight innings and eight strikeouts right there uh with, with jv uh, i mean what does that tell you uh he gives up three hits i mean that that is that is classic justin verlander right there i mean that's that's what you want out of that guy and and the nice thing about it is i think when you can when you can take your starter and you can push him that far into the contest and you're not you're not you're not going to the bullpen in the fourth or the fifth inning right there. And I think that's, that's where the Astros have gotten in trouble, you know, whether it be with, with Phil Maton or with uh, Montero. I mean, these guys it's, or or Urquidy. I mean, they just, um, the the deeper that the starter can go, it seems to be with the only bringing one one reliever instead of three or four. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, in an ideal situation, I mean, you push this thing all the way out and then you go to Ryan Presley and it's like, boom, you're done. Yeah, but I mean, you don't know what you're going to get with Presley anymore. That's the thing. Like how inconsistent has Presley been? I know he he's starting to give me the, some of that Brad Lidge, you know, lights out Lidge vibes a little bit to where it's like, Dude, you have been amazing, but dude, I don't know what I'm going to get from you. So as an Astros fan, I mean, that, that really concerns me. This was an ideal night for Houston. You scatter the hits out, you know, in the offense. I mean, you go in and, and you look there. I mean, you you had, I mean, you didn't have anybody with, with I mean, yes, uh, Maldonado. Martin Maldonado had mm-hmm. multiple hits. Jordan had multiple hits. I mean, and that's great. But everybody else throughout that that great lineup. This was a great dusty lineup right here that he put together. They're scattering the hits out, and then you've got you've got your ace that's going in, and he's going to take you eight innings. I, I mean, that's that's Astros baseball. But that shit doesn't happen every night anymore, right. and, and that's where the problem is. How how much do you feel like the Astros rely on the long ball instead of just playing the small ball, get them on, get them over, and get them in? Because I feel like that's one of the dynamics that Baltimore has, and they do well, is they can beat you in multiple assets on offense, right? they You usually do get two or three home runs from the Orioles, but they usually have two or three steals as well from, like, Mateo or Frazier getting on base. Yeah, I mean, and that's really the key right there. And that's what the Astros have done really well in this run is that they play small ball extremely well. I mean, extremely well. And, and you know, I, I've, I've had several, you know, different um, great baseball minds that tell me, you know, home runs are great and, uh, you know, all of that. I mean, obviously, that, that that's kind of the easy way. That's the easy way. But when you play the small ball and you're moving the bases around and you're stealing bases, you're putting pressure on the pitcher and you're allowing a, a guy to come up and, you know, a single, a double, I mean, whatever the case is right there, you scatter these guys around and that totally keeps the defense off balance. And that yeah. gets to the pitcher's mindset. And then here comes the bullpen. And, now, and to me, that, 
that's more taxing on a pitcher's mentality, right? Exactly. Or it's like, like if you start getting just the 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 one, the singles and the doubles, and then you know get them at them over, and now you're running, and now you're starting to trickle them in. Of course, you you know you see the grand slam, and that's just deflating, right? Yeah. That takes all the air out of you. But when you're just getting nickel and dime to death, yeah. you're like, how do we stop this bleeding here, man? Usually, when you see you, you know the home run go out, you have a little bit of reprieve because you're just like, all right. Now there's no bit. Now there's no ducks on the pond, so to speak. We can work fresh and kind of get this thing out. Yep. But when you're just nickel and diamond and trickling away on the ba- on the base paths, man, you yep. never have that fresh psyche of seeing an open base path, and you're That's always right. just like, man, this guy's coming right around the bend to get in. So yeah, for me, like when I was a catcher, I hated seeing everybody just nickel and diamond going around. I'd much rather see the ball leave the yard. That's right. One of one of the best baseball minds that I that I've ever gotten to meet here in Central Texas was Mike Rogers. He he was a longtime coach there at uh, at Lake Travis High School. Coached many years there. Took him to to many times, you know, to the state playoffs and and took him to to a state championship game that I got to call at at Dell Diamond. And the one thing that he would always that? talk about was that. How about that oh. state championship at Dell? Dude, that was cool. Yeah, I've gotten to do a state championship at Dell, and I've gotten to do a football championship at uh, at. Uh, at uh, AT&T. So yeah, I'm kind of lucky bastard on that stuff. But, the, but the one thing that Mike Rogers w- would talk to me about, it's like, look, if my pitcher's up on the mound, I don't care if it's the ACE. I don't care if it's a guy that's third in the rotation, the bases are empty. And some guy comes and jacks one over the green monster that we used to call it at Lake Travis jacks it over the green monster. That's fine. He can shake that off. Yeah. He can shake that off. But when you have folks that are sitting on the base pads and you start hitting these little Texas leaguers out into the you know, middle infield and doing all this different stuff and you're moving guys around the bases like you're talking about, Wax, he's like, that totally destroys the mindset of a pitcher, totally destroys the confidence of a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And eventually, eventually, you're going to get so many people on the, on those base pads and then you're going to give up. You're going to give up a bunny and it's going out of the yard and, and then you're done. And then you're done. Castillo looked pretty good last night too. Only six frames, but still eight shut or eight uh, strikeouts, um, mm-hmm. rivaling Justin Verlander. But just not enough for the M's. They didn't have any offense there to go up against JV's dominance. Um, yeah, only one run there. How about this? Nine hits, nine hits for your Astros there, Rodney. That's what we were talking about with small ball. Get them on, get them over, and get them in. Because Alvarez and, and Tucker won't be sure they went yard last night, but you're not going to have all the bats, you know whipping up the crazy lumber and, and having the ball leave the yard every night, though. Uh, you got to be able to win in multiple facets, and the Astros did that last night. Let's talk a little bit about the Rangers here. The Rangers keep pace to the good. They're still out in front with the West. What do they need to do, Rodney, to drive this thing home? What, magic number is three, amigo. No. Magic number is three for the Rangers. Do you think they can hold on here? I'll tell you what, if you're Texas, I mean, we had, I mean, a lot of us had buried Texas, you know, yeah. a while back, but, but man, they some come people back. are still burying Texas, Rodney. Some people think that Texas won't be able to hold on. Well, I think right now the whole thing we're talking about is momentum. And the good thing is, I mean, Texas is just going to keep playing baseball right now. And, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, the, the best part of this, the best part of it is it's going to come down to the end right here. It's going to be it's going to be Texas and Seattle, you know, to end this this entire season. So the, imagine the impact of what that's going to have, um, you know, for 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 the Rangers and the Mariners. And, and like I said the other day and for the Astros, you're thinking, OK, you, you look at this and it's like, OK, we end with Arizona. But hell, 
they're they're in a in a fight for a playoff berth in the NL. Yeah. So so now that suddenly changes right there. But if you're the Rangers, you just keep playing solid baseball because that's what they're doing, dude. John Gray was great last night, now, man. They look uh, great. I think he had seven. Let me uh, seven strike. Yeah, seven strikeouts, no walks. Didn't put anybody on the ba- on the base pass freely. Uh, six innings pitched there, allowing up five uh, five hits. But still, Texas came out cooking. They were sailing, man. Get that five to one victory there over the over the Halos, and now. You look good. You're looking set up, man. Two more or three more wins to seal this thing, and two of them can come here against Anaheim, Bo. Yeah, that, that's a whole thing. I, I mean, if you're the Rangers, this sets up uh, ideal for you. I, I mean, you do. If you're a Rangers fan, you should feel really good because the Rangers seem to be able to do what the Astros can't do. You're playing yeah. Anaheim right here. I mean, uh, Shohei isn't out there. Mike Trout is done for the year. I mean, they're all done. The, the Anaheim's done. Anaheim has kind of cashed this in unless they catch fire like the uh, like the Cardinals did the other day. But I mean, this is this is where this is where Texas can go in. You know, we talked about the Astros need to beat the Royals, need to beat the A's, and they couldn't do it. I mean, th- this is the Rangers right here. The Rangers seem primed to take care of this. Rangers yeah. going to win the AL West. We'll I'm, see. I'm, here, see, I'm, I'm still. I'm I don't you. know if I'm buying that yet. Right? Really? Okay. They had four home runs last night out of their five totals. So to me, they still rely a little bit, or at least last night they were relying a little bit on the long ball. I'd still like to see, you know, like we just talked about dynamic offenses and everything. I loved what I saw out of Gray. I really like yeah. being able to have your pitcher go at least six innings. I mean, hell, it's you know, the past two weeks, I feel like we didn't, we haven't seen pitchers go past five. Yeah. So it's been tough. You've seen a lot of work getting good on all these bullpens here. It's been great to see a lot of, uh, a lot of fresh starts and seeing, you know, depth go out of the, out of the rotation instead of having to be, you know, rescued from shallow waters there in the, in the early fifth inning or fifth frame here. Yeah, Texas yeah. looked good. So did Astros. It's going to be a great matchup again coming up tonight. Uh, Orioles back in action. So, hey, the race is back on here between the AL East as well, man. So are you comfortable with that? What is it, two and a half games right now, I guess? I'm going not comfortable in. at all. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the Orioles still need the magic numbers three for the Orioles to take up the AL East. I will not be comfortable until this whole damn thing is over with Rodney. The Rays are just so good, man. They can beat you, you know, with their arms. And of course, uh, they had the lumber to go at it as well. Uh, how about some superlatives though, for your Texas Rangers out there, guys? Um, I think they led the league in team average as well. I'll Mm -hmm. have to pull all these stats up there after Rodney does his covert read and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I mean, some superlative. I think they got team average and team fielding. I'll have to confirm on that. Uh, but a good scoreboard tonight. Orioles back in action against the Nationals with that inner beltway rivalry there. Uh, Blue Jays. Blue Jays can still keep pace for this wild card here going up against the Yankees. And then the Rays battle the Red Sox here to yeah. round out the AL East. And then yeah. in your West there, you got the Athletics trying to put a little bit of a, a struggle up against the <laughs> Uh, the twins. Um, I don't think that's yeah. going to be that big of a, a battle there. Uh, but yeah, the, the main marquee matchups tonight: Astros versus Mariners here for this national, or excuse me, this um American League West bout, and then also Texas Rangers and your Anaheim Halos here. Let's get into some Monday Night Football, my guy. But first, you want to talk about uh, Covert? 
Yeah, let's talk about covert. Uh, and you heard, I mean, how about us, Wags? I mean, we have my arrived. We, I got to let my dog in real quick. I'll be right It's back. all good. It's all good. We get to follow Ricky Williams because Ricky Williams will be out at covert on Friday, November the 3rd for the meet and greet and the lunch and, and all of that, uh, you know, from Smokey Moe's and Verde's. Uh, all of that's going to be happening. That's uh, a little ways down the road as that schedule starting to uh, going to be away from DKR a little bit uh, for the uh, for the. Texas Longhorns, but uh, we always talk about Covert Bee Cave. What a great spot out there. It's just a beautiful place to go out and uh, take a look uh, at beautiful Bee Caves, Texas. I mean, so many uh, great, beautiful uh, views that you get driving out there, but uh, it's out in the hill country. Three state-of-the-art dealerships carrying seven different brands of those Covert uh, OEMs that I like to talk about. I always say that, man. I fall back into racing terms. Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And, of course, uh, if you want to head my way and avoid the hail, go down uh, Highway 79 over on the east side. Take a nice little trip out there. You'll see uh, Covert uh, Covert Ford, Covert Chevrolet out on Highway 79. Hop them, hop them, hippos. And Covert Ford Lincoln in Austin. That's one of the benchmark dealerships right there uh, over here in the Austin area. The Covert family, they've been selling uh, new and pre-owned vehicles to families all around Central Texas since 1909. It's one of those things where we talk about so many things change in the Austin area, but the one thing, the one name that has been synonymous in automobile dealerships around these parts that long is the Covert family and Covert Bee Cave. We'd love for you to go check them out. You can contact them and they can handle all of your service, uh, your stuff, your regular maintenance, your dealer maintenance, all of that. Doesn't matter the maker model, 86 service base. They're going to take care of that for you out there. CovertBeeCave.com. You can dive on there and check out their weekly specials. Weekly specials. Not You're, you're not going to have a random flag day special. You're not going to have a random, uh, you, you know, I don't know, make up the holiday special. They do that every week, man. Every week, Covert Bee Cave with those specials. Or if you don't want to get online, if you're like Bucky Godbolt and struggle with a keyboard, just fucking go there. <laughs> just stop over there and say hi to Dan Covert and all the great uh, folks right there. But CovertBeeCave.com, the easiest way to do it. Since 1909, the Covert family of dealerships, they do it. They do it right. And remember, you got to remember this, and I'm going to ring the bell. Nobody beats a Covert deal, not now and sure as hell, not ever. No, they don't. Does does Bucky really struggle with the keyboard? He says he does. He See, says it's hard. I think that's all for show, amigo. I he think Bucky. I think Bucky's got us all wrapped around his finger. I think he's pulling so strings left and right, and no one has any idea of just how smart Bucky really is with these computers. I Bucky's think probably like a, like like Ricky was talking about being a coder and all this. Bucky probably does that and understands all the uh, analytics and all these different things that you talk about, Wags. I I, I shoot. I guarantee Ricky, Ricky does look like it. Ricky is a savant. Ricky feels like can do anything to me. Like he's just one of those people that you give, you set him down in front of something and he can just figure it out. Uh, coding's tough, dude. Especially there's multiple languages that you can do with coding. So I'm, I was very surprised when I heard that this morning, just, well, I, I don't I'd even know, surprised, but also I'm not surprised because Ricky strikes me as some dude that can just figure anything out. So I don't even know what coding is. I, I mean, I have no idea what that is. We're not going to talk about coding on this show because we will lose a lot of viewers if we talk about coding. <laughs> um, it's, but yeah, man, it's it's for here's, software here's, stuff. Here's anyway, coding to me. Man. Here's coding to me, dude. I'm going to go out and I'm going to paint the house and I'm going to put one coat here and then I'm going to put another that's, coat. That's I not even that's spelled, coding. You're not even spelling it correctly. Oh, yeah, we're talking about codes. Oh. Codes. You're talking about coats. Coats of paint. Well, 
Ben I, Ben winter coats of paint well, is what you're talking I have about. had I've had girlfriends in the past, not not now since I've been married, but um, in the past that they would like we had secret codes, and it's like okay when that's when good. you when you get this, that's the code for this. That is not what I am talking. Is that about, not about. coding? What no, you're talking that's about? a different type of code. But all codes are deadly and all codes are sexy, man. And they all work as long as you have them written out and well. That's for sure. Let's talk about Monday night. Let's get into these two Monday night bouts that we had last night. Kind of lacked their luster, were they not? Pretty much. I mean, I do like the Bengals uniforms. I, I like that. that the white. whites, the icy whites, dude, if you want to call that, them. Can, can they call them icy whites? Uh, I hope since so. The, uh, since the... You know, the Longhorns call them Icy Whites. By the way, I like Stormtroopers instead of Icy White. Stormtrooper, whites. yeah. The Stormtrooper like, uniforms. Yeah, when, when I've always done Westwood games, you know, it, it, it's the same gimmick, and I'm like Stormtrooper Whites. But, uh, yeah, man, um, yeah, the which, Bengals which win. Which game do you want to talk about first? you want to talk about the Eagles and um, Buccaneers, or do you want to talk about the Rams and – yeah, let's go to Bengals uh, Rams. Bengals here. Yeah, let's go to the Bengals Rams. I mean, because that that seemed to be the one that that you know was a better game, I guess. I mean, I had fantasy exposure in both of them, so I needed um, Nakua Puka Nakua. Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing that damn thing right? Mm-hmm. I needed Puka Nakua to not have a game, and he sure as hell did not have a game except for that last drive. And I yeah. I was away. I was. One point away from losing this entire thing for Scott Fish. It's the Scott Fish Fantasy Bowl, right? Now, this is the biggest fantasy tournament in all of the land. It is the League of Leagues, Rodney. I'm going up against people that are in the NFL. I'm going up against porn stars. Yep. What? Yeah, Lisa Ann's in my division. Oh, trying to get her on the show too, buddy. Oh, my God. You know it, man. That's 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 all I'm here for, man. Anyways, um. There's That's so going to have to be all of us in studio in this league, dude, that I'm trying to actually beat and, and went out and be the champion of all champions. If this happens, dude, Wagner wire stock all the way up. Holy dude. I am number one, ranked number one in my league. And then out of all the other leagues, I'm 49th overall. What's the buy-in for that? I'm just no buy-in. No buy. Everything. What? And that's the, that's the awesome thing too. Everything goes to charity as well. So, if you want to donate, you can. That's fantastic, but you are not required to donate a penny. How does one get into one of these leagues? You have to be invited. Okay. You have to you have to be a fantasy guru or lead the show like the Wagner Wire. But anyways, I have a lot of fantasies. I mean, does that count? <laughs> I have a lot of fantasies too, man. I just don't know if they uh they account for what you got going on. But Nakua, man, Nakua, five receptions last night, 72 yards, had to keep him out of the end zone, and he did get out of the end zone. My I thought I thought Stafford was looking for him the entire drive, but when mm-hmm. he finally was able to hit Atwell, a little bit of relief, a little bit of relief in me, Rodney, and I was able to scathe free by one point, man. 1.2, as a matter of fact, was the actual Damn of point of me winning so wow that's big that's, time man but i but, you know also i lost in my other three leagues for dynasty but i won in my in my two traditional leagues so yeah no that's awesome all well, over the I, all over I, I, I gotta tell you there with the Bengals. i mean you know the question there about burrow i mean what what's the status of him i mean 26 he no, he doesn't. He doesn't. You know, 259 yards right there for him. But, you know, when you're throwing to Jamar Chase. Do you want him dropping back 50 times? No, absolutely not. I mean, 
I I honestly thought that he might sit in this game. I mean, I, I thought that you may not see him in this game. But, you know, when you got Jamar Chase, it can take in 12 for 141 yards. Um, you target him 15 different times. I mean, that that's that's a good crutch. I mean, that's right. a good crutch. And, you know, as long as they can as long as they can take care of him. And, and, and you know, a lot of this is with with with, you know, Joe Cool right here. He don't want to be out of the game. I mean, this is this dude's a baller. I mean, this dude's a, a massive contract too, Rodney. He don't want that lingering over him or or people saying like, "Oh, well, Joe just got his bag. Joe Cool is, is now Joe Money Man." So, yeah, no, I'm with yeah. you, dude. He don't want. Yeah. He, he absolutely. He's an alpha, dude. He wants to come out there, show out, get his guys getting ready to to get back to championship form. But Rodney, mm -hmm. it's going to be tough to do that without a running game, man. And I don't know. I don't think the Bengals realized how much that they were going to miss uh, Piron. Like Piron needs mm -hmm. to be able to spell Mixon very well, and he would be a, a threat inside the goal line or inside the red zone as well. You'd see that dump, that little dump off pass to Piron there, or Piron yep. would get th those those hard ten yards or fifteen yards, and then the Bengals would find themselves in the pay dirt. You're not seeing that right now. You're not seeing them get the tough yardage there. You're you're seeing them wow it up throughout the you know inside the twenties from one twenty to the other twenty. They can carve up and get the yardage, but they're not being able to finish drives and put it into the end zone. And I thought that's what Piron brought to that squad. Yeah, it really did. I mean, because you look at the you look at the line last night for for Cincinnati, Cincinnati, as I like to say. I mean, you get you give it to Mixon 19, 19 times for sixty five yards. I mean, he spelled by by Trayvon Williams. Quarter, Rodney. You would have got him going a little bit more in the first or second quarter. That no. would have helped out Burrow instead of dropping Burrow back forty nine times. Man, yeah. that is not what you want for your franchise quarterback, especially coming off an injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you got a franchise quarterback that's kind of being held together there with duct tape and bailing wire at this point, I mean, you certainly don't want to be doing that. And 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 that really is the whole thing. That that's the massive difference right there. Because I, I mean, I saw P Ryan making plays on Sunday, and yeah. he was making plays that, that he would have made for Cincinnati. Uh, you know, now doing it for where is he with the with the red or uh, the commanders? Or who? Where is he? No, he's not with the commanders. Uh, um, who, who, it's crazy because I got him on my fantasy team too. Damn it, I, um, I can't remember on, where I'm but but I saw him making plays, spelling folks coming in making plays, and that's what he did for Cincinnati last year. And that's something that you really need right now when when you're trying to when you're trying to keep your quarterback healthy and, and putting him in those situations. But seriously, when you're dropping him back, dropping him back fifty times, man, that you got to know it every time. Whether you're a coach, whether you're a fan of the Bungles or whatever you are, every time he drops back, it's like holy smoke! On Denver. Oh, Denver, well, yeah. Yeah, well, sorry, P. Ryan. He was making plays. He was sorry, making no, plays. No, he was the only one making plays. Might have been one of the only ones making plays oh for Denver. But, yeah, it was bad. Um, he only put up like five points Denver. in fantasy uh, this past week. But, yeah, it's it. Denver just hit a wall of fish, essentially. Yeah. They, they are out. They're still swimming with the fish. As a matter of fact, I think Miami's still scoring. Probably, I think they're yeah. they're still they are still running wild all over the Broncos, man. Instead of the Broncos out there running, yeah. Um, Burrow. Burrow can't be dropping back 59 or 50 times, mm -hmm. Rodney. And, of course, on the other side of that, you usually see Matt Stafford dropping back around, you know, 45 to 50 times. But he only dropped back about 33 times. But, I mean, 2-2 at well. Excuse me. My goodness. Have a day in the fourth quarter there coming to, coming to life. Four receptions for 50 yards. Most of that coming, like I just said, in the fourth quarter there at 12 Point five per clip getting into the end zone one time there but yeah the night belonged uh and to me it was it was puka nakua because i was trying to figure out how we were going to or not just me but how the uh the Bengals were going to be able to keep this dude out of the end zone so that i would be able to win my fan because it, it's all about me 
It's all no, about my course. narcissistic self in fantasy football. It always is. So I joke everything is. I'm, anybody that knows me, you know I'm not a narcissist. <laughs> anyway, know, uh, yeah, but, had to had to keep Nakua out of the out of the end zone, and we did that. The Wagner Wire on to victory here, still undefeated in Scott Fishbowl. Yep. But, and right. when you and when you look at the Rams, I mean, you want to talk about? I mean, one dimensional. I mean, the Rams I, looks bad. No running game at seventy one yards. Come on, man. I mean, they, they used, you know, th- three different guys, I, I guess. Yeah, and, like, and at, you... like Atwell, of course, I think Atwell is one of the fastest on the field, but still Atwell is your is your wide receiver. He should not be the one getting most of your, your rushing yards out right. of the backfield there. You got to be a little bit traditional here, McVay, and get some type of rushing attack to complement your offensive passing attack. Exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, where we've talked about so many times, you know, since Chaos Theory started here on on TSU, we go back to the Texas thing to where it's like, yeah, you got the workhorse, you got the bell cow, but then, okay, bloop, let's let's pop this guy in. Bloop, let's pop this guy in. If if your main dog is having a bad day, let's let this guy be the bell cow. And that's, I mean, both of these teams, obvious problem right there is that they can't, they can't, they can't pound the rock. And, and again, you know, there's a, there's a running back issue in the NFL, apparently. Seems but, like that. Uh, <laughs> Seems like yeah. that. Yeah. Might want to pay these guys or, or, or at yeah. least, you know, give them some money to keep them healthy or whatnot. Yeah. Because I agree, investing all your money in the bell cow running backs is probably not the best thing for you to do if you're an owner because of how frequently they go down and get hurt. Um, Yeah. Very, uh. The injury bug seems to be biting every running back in the ass, that's for sure. This was probably the better game of the matchups between the Monday Night Football teams here. Uh, 16 uh, points is all that the Rams could muster here, but you know the Bengals able to sneak out and get that 19-point stanza for them to allow the victory here. So, Rodney, yeah, it was kind of not not really going to light it up throughout the lights, You know, not going light to light the lights up of Monday Night Football here, but still. The Bengals able to get their first win of the year, squeaking by the Los Angeles Rams 19 to 16. And then the other Monday night contest yeah. last night, the Philadelphia Eagles remain undefeated 25 to 11, the victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, handing them their first loss of the season, which we thought they would be in the 0 and 3 caliber going, or at least I thought they would be in the 0 and 3 caliber going forward here with Baker Mayfield. But Baker kind of looks like he's finding a lot of success and a lot of rhythm with uh with Mike Evans. Mike Evans again finding the, the the end zone last night. I was reluctant to take Mike Evans. I think I have him six, 64% ownership in my fantasy football leagues for Mike no. Evans here. Um I was very reluctant to take him. I knew that he would be a threat in the red zone here. I just didn't know the chemistry and yeah. I, I guess the type of a connection that that Baker would have with this guy but you've seen that Baker is always able to find big targets inside the red zone and that's what he's doing with Mike Evans man he's taken what the defense allows him to have and he's playing it to uh he's playing it to his best potential right now yeah he really is i mean you, you like him or not i mean you have to i mean he's a winner. a winner he finds he's a way a to win i mean i, I can't really stand the guy's ego but he there's just something that makes me respect him that he wins he's a grinder he's a grinder he i mean grinder. no matter how he does it and i mean what i like what he's doing right here i know they lost i mean i know they lost their first game but the whole thing is right there with that if you really look at the stat line right there what what baker's doing a good job of doing what you're talking about right there wags is having that continuity with mike evans and, and i'm glad to see mike evans being productive um that way again but but i mean he peppers over to godwin and he's got white in the mix right there as well i mean it, it was 
was I, I think you had five for Evans and three for for Godwin and White. I mean, you're you're finding different uh, alternatives right there. And, and again, that you can't discount the appeal, the ability of Baker Mayfield may have some flaws and he's lacking in some areas, but he's a fucking good leader. He's, and, well, see, and, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's the quarterback that's going to win you the Super Bowl, right? He might win you some right. game and he's, right. he's, he's Mr. Right. You hear this a lot. He's Mr. Right now, not Mr. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. clearly they have a succession problem in, in, in the quarterback room for Tampa Bay. I like Tra- I think Kyle Trask had a, a huge arm coming out of Florida when he was a Gator, but we yeah. still haven't been able to see what he's been able to do in the NFL because he's been sitting behind Tom Brady. And then, of course, you're going to have a knee-jerk reaction when Tom Brady exits stage right. You're going to want to bring in some type of a veteran presence. That just happened to be Baker Mayfield. Now, look, he's a you hear this you hear this serviceable man he's a game manager bro he's a game man you know what i mean he can get you in situations to allow your team to win the game but he's not going to sit there and throw 350 yards to the air or 400 yards to the air with four touchdowns and and maybe one interception that's just not baker's style right he's going to give you a lot of ball distribution he's going to hit you between the hashes and he's going to usually have around 200 to 250 yards and then maybe three touchdowns if he gets some yak after it right he's not going to give you the deep threat that a lot of these other quarterbacks with huge arms do, stretching it vertically, man. He's going to allow his boys to get into space and win the one-on-ones, and that's what Baker does. He takes the efficient football, and he gives what the defense gives. He allows and takes what the defense gives him. And and I've never, for the life of me, you know, in, in the recent years, not been able to figure out when when you call a quarterback a game manager. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of times when you do that, you call him a game manager, and it's like you're insulting him. You, you know, it's like uh, yeah. you suck. You suck. You're a game manager. But but you know what a game manager does? It when? manages the game. And, and and I mean, it didn't happen last night no but but you're playing philadelphia eagles rodney well yeah and and uh dallas cowboy fans uh painfully obvious right here that uh you are not going to be able to beat philadelphia because they're going to grind this football down your throat with people like devondre swift and 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 a quarterback that is you know one of the best in the nfl but but when you go back to that game manager argument what's wrong with being a game manager I mean, you only have certain Patrick Mahomes. You only have, I mean, Joe Burrow last night, honestly, wags to me. Joe Burrow looked like a, a fucking game manager because, you know, he's 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 hampered. I mean, they're, they're, Joe Joe Flacco took a team to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. Hey, well, Joe no, Flacco, I don't know if you guys yeah. can hear my Baltimore accent coming out of me, but Joe Flacco throws a, a deep out better than anybody out there, and he still lives with his mother there, hon. Or, or is it hon, hon, hon? Yeah, Try, I yeah. can't get the Baltimore accent to come out, but you're right, man. Joe Flacco, talk about Joe Flacco, game manager. That that that's what he is. I mean, you don't you don't have to be, you don't, and especially especially these days, Wags. With the the NFL is a hell of a lot different than it used to be. I mean, yeah. with a Roger Staubach and Ken Stabler and and all these different things. I mean, you don't have that anymore with these spread offenses and all this shit. With college football moving itself into into the NFL, I mean, if you get somebody that that, that just manages a game, doesn't make mistakes. I mean, that's a huge thing right there. To me, to me, a good game manager. A quarterback as a game manager is a guy that don't fuck up, and that's that's all you can ask for, right? I mean that that's really to me. I mean, I looked in my Rodney Rodriguez double R glossary where or a dictionary where it says game manager as a quarterback. Number one, don't fuck up, and that's going to keep you in the game. That's going to keep you in the game. 
I'm with you, amigo. Hey, so 25 to 11 was the uh, the outcome here. Philadelphia remains undefeated. Um, Jalen Hurts looks great, firing fantastic, you know, fantastic balls over the uh, over the middle of the field late when usually you're not. That's an ill-advised throw to make, but he was able to stand tall and connect, dude. Brown having one hell of a game last night as well, dude. Um, the Eagles look fantastic. Swift showing up, looking like the running back that he used to be back in Detroit. Yeah, Philly looks tough, man. Philly looks dangerous, and I am glad that the Giants are at the bottom of a barrel where I don't have to issue any type of emotional um, emotional lottery or, or emotional... Uh, emotional concern yeah. with them i'm done i'm done with the giants i'm tapped out let the eagles run away with this thing if you're if you're a cowboys fan i feel sorry for you too because you're going to be in my boat in just a couple of weeks man where you're just looking up and seeing the eagles do nothing but just dominate all right let's move into the collegiate front here we have a big game coming up here rodney uh the longhorns seem to be undefeated and they're taking on an undefeated uh contestant as well kansas Jayhawks come in to the 40 acres with a 4-0 record and some people know how to run the rock here let's talk about it break down this matchup for me Mr. Rodriguez what are you liking so far that jumps off the page just at at looking at skimming the surface of this breakdown of these two teams top 25 matchup dude Uh, I mean how great is that Uh, I mean here you go Kansas comes in uh, I think 24 I mean, they're coming in. I mean, you got Devin Neal running the ball. I mean, he was good last year, and he's been at 394 yards this year. You got a you got a very good quarterback there with with Jalen Daniels that can also run the ball. And and this is where this is going to be a really good test for the Texas defense. I mean, we saw them do um, really good things against Alabama. But I mean, I, I may be going out on a limb right here, Wags. But I think this is going to maybe be a bigger test because for for Texas coming off of the Alabama win, yeah, you had the pancake win this past week, the the, the game that you should win. But I mean, this Kansas team is coming in here and they're loaded, yeah. and. And, and this is to, to me, this is more of a trap game than what Baylor. I know a lot of people were talking about that Baylor was going to be a trap game or Wyoming, but this is this is a really good opponent. Wyoming was a really good uh, opponent, but this is a quality Big 12 opponent that's coming in here. And here's the thing about it the, you know, Kansas with the whole Big 12 exit with Texas and Oklahoma, Kansas comes in, they remember the last time they came here, they remember what they oh, did. Sure. Ima- I think imagine remember they, the last time they came here. Imagine if they do it now. Imagine if yeah. they do it now. Uh, they have the they have the team that could put up a fight and and take the Longhorns down. That's for sure. They come in running over two hundred yards uh, per game, and that's you know a lot of that's done by Neil. Neil's you know fifty seven carries on the campaign so far, and just over or just under four hundred yards, three hundred ninety four yards on the ground for this young man right now with five touchdowns. He is definitely a threat, but also Daniels gets back there and he carves them up as well. Five touchdowns to one interception on that ratio yep. 705 yards through the air with five touchdowns like i just mentioned this is an offense that knows how to score and a lot of it is done on the ground rodney it's going to be a great matchup going up against mm-hmm. this texas defense that has been held up or that held up their end of the bargain and played championship caliber defense moving forward over these past four weeks yeah i mean they really have and and when you look at this kansas when you look at this kansas offense I mean, you can talk. You can talk about Neil, but then you've got you got Daniel Hishaw as well. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got two hundred and thirty five yards. But if you really dig into the to the stats of this, Hishaw's average carry is is greater. I mean, it's seven point yeah, one. 
He's the explosive yeah. guy, right? He's the, he's the home run right. hitter that you're going to see. Neil's just going to carve you up and grind you inside That's the tackle it. here. But he's also got that explosive playmaking ability that can take it for the long one as well. Um, yeah, Rock Chalk, man. Rock Chalk looks pretty damn tough, which is surprising. Like, everybody's saying that it's a trap game. I don't know if it can be a trap game when you got Kansas coming this strong. You know what I mean? Of course. And sure, every every game's probably going to be a trap game after Alabama. I get that. And let, except for, like, Oklahoma. You're going to get up for Oklahoma. But you better get up for these Jayhawks, man, because they're definitely getting up for you. Yeah, the, the, this is the real deal right here. And, and I mean, how about the how, how about the, the the turnaround with the Kansas program? I mean, you know, you know, for so many years, you know, the laughing stock of of college football. I mean, for so long, and then, I mean, to to see these guys, I mean, they're averaging almost thirty eight points a game, and, and I mean, you can talk about opponents and and talk about all the different whatever, but I mean, this is a team that's loaded. They've they, they've got a defense that uh, this is. I mean, I, I think here's Texas's opportunity. Come on out here, establish a running game again. Sure, they're probably going to throw on first down. It's going to be a swing pass or a screen on first down. But you, you know, go back and and test this defense. Go right at this defense. I mean, I, I think that's what what you do. You do the you 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 go in with the same game plan that you had against Baylor Wags. Go in there, test, and then just gouge, just gouge. Um, but but <laughs> this team is not going to lay down like Baylor did. So you've got to be up. To play this contest no this is a different type of opponent this opponent comes in averaging 463 yards of total offense rodney mm -hmm. i mean uh leopold um leipold rather leipold had what 10 10 start let me get my book here hold on i can't remember it off the top of my head <laughs> yeah 10 10 starters on offense returning and then seven returners on defense as well so Leipold has a really good squad coming back here for the Kansas Jayhawks and it's it's showing on paper too man and their last five opponents they've they've done I mean putting up putting up points is what I like to say here 48 points 34 points 31 points and then 38 points so this is a potent offense they know how to score they don't do too well at keeping people out of the out of the end zone on themselves there Rodney so that's why I think you know the Longhorns are obviously going to dominate this game what the, the line right now is is I think 14 um 17 line right now is 17 that's probably going to grow just a little bit I do have a little bit of concern and caution because of how big the line is so far I think this Kansas Jayhawk team is a little bit better than what the line indicates you know however I think the Longhorns will be able to get them where they need to uh, they're, they're very vulnerable on, on defense even though they return seven starters on defense they put up a lot of points and they yield a lot of yards and I think the Longhorns can expose that yeah I, I think uh, the the favorable matchup there that you were just talking about is going to be you know with the Texas offense I mean to come out and again establish a running game which is going to again open up the the passing game and all that you use JT Sanders and 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 I just hope that that we're going to see like we were listening yesterday you know you can go back and listen to all of the all the podcasts uh but but you go back and listening to Sark after the game you know on, on Saturday he's talking about all the different names that were a part of this and I think this is another opportunity right here where you can totally keep this Kansas defense which is susceptible to, to giving up yards this is where you can go and, and give them different looks but but have your have your workhorse of Jonathan Brooks and then add CJ Baxter and, and maybe some blue and and do these different things but 
here, here's, here's, I know we didn't make a big thing about it yesterday, but th- this is, this is a ball game because like we talk about Kansas coming in here, primed and ready to play wags. This is, this is where you got to clean up the special teams. Not a big deal when, when you're winning games 38 to six, but if you get into a tighter contest like this at home, it's going to be hot. It is 11 o'clock contest. So you, you get into one of these things. This is where you have to, you can't muff punts. You can't, you, you can't do that stuff because this team, will take advantage of that where Baylor couldn't. Oh, 100%. Uh, like we already talked about, man. They know how they we know how they can carve it up through the air. Uh for their defense though, their defense does do very well at yielding or excuse me, at not allowing yards on the ground there. So they play pretty stout defense on the ground. Where you can get them and carve them up though is through the air. Um yeah. we've seen that over the past 3 weeks or the past 4 weeks rather that you can actually that the Kansas City or Kansas City that the Kansas Jayhawks secondary is a little bit vulnerable there i think you can carve them up and get them that way look we talked about we heard from sark yesterday on jt sanders and getting him involved early that's gonna have to set the tone that's no surprise here right get your x factor get him dominating early get him out there to a quick start and then allow everything else to open up off of that right i'd still like to see at least 20 carries from jonathan brooks and then maybe spell him a little bit out with uh with some baxter and some blue there uh but to me Having, having Brooks with a 20-game carry, 25 carries, I, I think that establishes dominance there. And it also keeps this uh, this high-potent you know, rushing attack of the Kansas Jayhawks off the, off the field as well, man. We talked about winning the line of scrimmage or winning the, the time of possession in the clock against Wyoming. You're going to have to do this against Kansas because you're not mm-hmm. going to want this Kansas offense on the field. That, that's the point. And, and what's really impressive that, that I mean, doesn't really jump off the charts to me when, when I'm kind of looking at this Kansas club is, is that that you look at them and what they are really good at is is third down efficiency. Yeah. And and I think that's where the, where the Texas, you know, 26 of 43 on third down. I mean, that, that that's pretty damn good right there. You know, I don't know the actual down and distance right there, but but I think what Kansas does extremely well on the offensive side is what we talk about is getting ahead of the chains. You know, I would much rather be in third and two or third and three than being in third and seven or eight or nine. And that 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 really seems to do what they do well. But but they ground that they pound the football and that tends to put you in a better third down situation. So, um, you know, the Texas defense, I mean, up for the task. We were talking about the LBs yesterday. I mean, that that that, that second level right there. I mean, you've got the guys that are the, the hog mollies up on the front on the defensive side, but those linebackers, dude, that they, they are just – I love what you said yesterday. The best thing – not the best thing, but one of the coolest things you said yesterday is when you're not relying on the secondary to come forward yeah, to make, to make tackle, tackles. Yeah. To make tackles that tells you what the linebacking group is doing and the front is doing and that's going to be essential when you have a running attack like this that is coming into austin this week so what's what i think is going to be essential is what you saw out of uh hill against milro right like Absolutely. you're gonna to have to put a spy on daniels here you know that he's gonna be able to get out here and, and beat you with his legs legs and extend plays here uh to allow his his aerial assault to come through uh, but to me, you got to be able to shut him down and make him one-dimensional, allow him to beat you through the air like we, like you forced Milrow to do, and then just allow that rushing attack, that rushing dimension to happen from Neil and not Daniels. Because if Daniels can get out there and scramble with, with his legs, now you have two types of offensive prowess that you have to shut down and stop from Kansas. No. Because once they get going, man, we've already talked about it, they can get over the two the 200 mark uh, in terms of, of per clip, and uh, or not per clip, but per game. You got to stop that, man. You got to mm-hmm. you got to absolutely plug those holes. I, I'm a, 
I'm assuming PK is going to dial up a little bit more blitz schemes here instead of yeah. just playing instead of just playing the baseline and maybe you know uh, blitzing blitzing Hill on a you know on mm-hmm. a C on a C blitz or a delayed you know edge blitz or around a D gap. Um, but to me, man, I don't think you'll be able to play the base four like you've been seeing over the past couple of weeks. I think you're going to have to dial it up and get in, you know get busy and then get after this rushing attack because. You know, with only four, with only a four down line playing gap responsibility in this this offensive attack here from the from the Jayhawks, it's yeah. gonna be pretty nasty to me, man. I think you're gonna have to dial up some schemes. Maybe do maybe do a double a dual A blitz. You know, fired up. You know, up the gap there and clog everything up. Collins, it's gonna Collins is gonna have to have a big game. Collins and Sweat, you're gonna have to clog these holes up, man, because the mm-hmm. defense, the the linebackers are gonna be relying on you to scrape and make clean tackles here, dude. Because Neil is one hell of a running back, man. Almost 400 yards on a year. You yeah. got to be able to contain that. You got to be able to keep him in the backfield, Rodney. Yeah, for, force him to throw. We haven't even talked about the receivers yet. No, yeah. Yeah, for, force them to throw. Force them to throw. Uh, I, I mean, Daniel's been sacked five times. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if you put – they don't want to throw the ball. Uh, I mean, and honestly, well, they, I mean, looking they, at all – they don't have to. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. They don't have to throw the ball. They don't have to. So, uh, I mean, and I think it's pretty clear, but but you never know. I mean, you never know. I anticipate that Kansas comes in and they're going to sit there and 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 tell Texas, okay, you stop the run. You 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 stop the run. We're gonna stuff Devin Neal down your throat. You stop you stop the run, and then we'll attempt to do shit downfield. And I would assume that's the game plan. I could be wrong, but the good thing about this is. This Texas defense is really good against the yeah. run. You're gonna get a lot. You're gonna get a heavy strength, dose, Neil. That's strength for sure, against man. strength. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, no what you just said right there, strength against strength. Here, that's the yeah. thing. And on paper, man, these two teams kind of, you know, they reflect each other. You know, Texas mm-hmm. looks good on defense, mm-hmm. just like, uh, you know, Kansas looks good. But you guys got to remember, consider the opposition. the The one thing that I will say is that Texas has played obviously a stronger schedule, in my opinion, and I think it's gonna. I think it's going to show out on the gridiron on Saturday here. The alphas are obviously going to alpha. Um, but if Quinn can continue to play an efficient game and stay clean, and just like you said, you know, like we talked about, you know, manage a game, you know what I mean? Manage a game. The Longhorns will come out victorious here. Most of the national pundits think it's going to happen anyways. Over 90% of the country are on the side of the Longhorns here, drinking that burnt orange Kool-Aid to be victorious on Saturday over the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll break down this game a lot more going into uh, tomorrow and as the week progresses here. Still trying to get a guest on for the Kansas uh, Jayhawks squad here or, or whoever covers Rock Chalk here. Trying to get them on to break down a little bit of this team in depth. Uh, for us, for the opposition side, because we give you a lot of the burnt orange side. We drink a lot of that Kool-Aid ourselves here. We just want to give you a, a taste of something else, too, so that That's we're right. not just all shiny, happy people. Longhorn, burnt orange, burnt longhorn, or burnt orange, longhorn radio is what I like to say. All right. Yeah. Did you see, so a couple of days ago, there was this Instagram model on a plane. Have you seen her? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, the one that got thrown out. Yeah, she got thrown off. She got thrown off the plane, right? But she said, "You're." She like called people bums. Look me up. I'm Instagram famous or whatever. I saw that. Yeah. She just got a deal. She got an offer, Rodney. From who? Texas Um, Sports Unfiltered. No, Cam. Are you familiar with this place? uh, A a company called Cam Soda or Soda Cam? No. No. What is that? (laughs) We're gonna have to look this up when you get off 
No, you'll be too distracted, dude. You can't do it right now. Okay. Um, So it's called Cam Soda, and basically it's porn. You know what I mean? It's it's okay. I like it already. (laughs) Yeah, you can be a bitch, you can be an asshole, and you know you can do whatever you want and treat people however you want. As long as you're pretty, you're gonna get you know some type of contract or somebody's gonna want to see you earn that money somehow, amigo. You know what I mean? But yeah, this to me, she, I and I heard Trey and BK break down like her attributes. Yeah, um, she is nothing but plastic. I, I mean, what I. I'd probably put something on her back for sure. I'd put a spot on her back. But, I mean, other than that, dude, like, I would not want to talk to her. She just looks like something. She looks like she looks like good trash. You know what yeah. I mean? She looks like yeah. really good trash. Of course, yeah. this is coming from somebody that's wearing glasses and a, and a chopped-up Longhorn sweatshirt here. <laughs> oh, my God, man. I just wouldn't bring her home to mom. But the wow. fact that she was being able to go out there and act the way that she acted, and then within two days, two days, someone reaches out. Cam Soda reaches out. And uh, says, hey, would you like to come work for us and provide some content? Uh, we think that we can make you millions. What do you think about that? She's not just going to be Instagram famous anymore. She's going to be on the hub. Dude, let me tell you. it. it I mean, it's so easy to be famous these days. Is it? You know? Because is it? Is that all I got to do is just show my boobs? I think so. I mean, it's like uh, Brad Paisley had a had a country song. There it is. Uh, something about being a celebrity. I, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like it's like being a celebrity is adios reality because you live in this whole made up world and and all this stupid shit. And hey, man, it, it's a what, it's a different world. It, what a, a time to be alive! Right? What a time to be alive, man! Right? All you got to do is just go out there and show a little bit of Sacagawea. Paul Sachs here, but seriously, I mean, I mean, think about it. (laughs) Think about it, dude. You know, I've always been. I mean, for so many years, I've I've been like a a terrestrial radio fan, and I still am. I I love terrestrial radio, but man, we can jump online, and and we can blow radio stations off the map doing these kind of shows. You have a signal that you can listen to. We don't have to go with you know stupid commercials or anything, or talk about ED. We don't have to. You know, talk about strip clubs, or we can talk about the good parts. We of can the strip talk club. about that. You know, we we can talk about ED and strip clubs, but we can talk about our own personal experiences, and that's the beauty of it because it's unfiltered. <laughs> it's, it's unfiltered, and that's the thing. You can just sit back and relax and, and enjoy this stuff anytime. Speaking oh, of sitting God. back, Wags. Speaking of sitting back, I sent you a picture yesterday of my what? horrible what? looking ghetto leather chair and you sent me a picture of yours that just blows mine out of the water but blue hair and furniture great blue hair and furniture a custom leather furniture company started back in 1991 focusing on heavy leathers hides and fabrics ranging from traditional western to modern farmhouses i'll tell you why my chair fell apart because i'd go out and i'd work out and i'd come back on sit sit on this generic ass leather chair and my sweaty legs just made all this stuff fall off because it because it's it, it's a it's it's not real it's not real but genuine blue heron is genuine it's the highest quality furniture you can find and you will not and cannot find a more comfortable or a more well or well bit furniture anywhere 
You're not going to find it. There's a link in the YouTube video description below that takes you to the Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. Yeah, that's right. Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. It's right there. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, easy to remember, HOOKEM, use the promo code HOOKEM, you get $15 off of your purchase if you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and is built to last for decades. I've had this chair for two years, and it's ready to go to the scrap pile, guys. I can take it to Covert, and they can't even fix it. It's that bad off. Look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. Click that link for more info or call them at 866-247-9588. Blue Heron, Great Blue Heron Furniture. Good Love stuff. it. And of course, tonight I will be watching all of baseball and doing so with AV consultation setup that they provided for me. 512-255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com to see the gallery of projects that they've done over the past 35 years since setting the standard in audiovisual automation since 1988. You got to see your Rangers tonight. You got to see your Astros tonight. And I got to see my birds. I'm going to be doing that with audiovisual consultations, the setup that they provided with me so that I can see all the games that I need right now. 512-255-8678. That's avconsultations.com. They will hook you up. All right, let's bring on Hardball Harge. It is time for Hanging with Harge. Our guy, do we have a piano today, Rod? see if we have uh, what's today tuesday uh no, no it's not wednesday. Damn it. wednesday's a piano day wednesday is definitely a piano day all right well I'll, mark, <laughs> I'll put it in my notes here from when we're taking tallies and making lines here mike harge only comes on with the piano on wednesdays for the hump day what's going on brother you looking dapper as usual dude, dude. what you got dude, going you on look- you and Wags, you and I look like we just walked off the street. Look at this guy. Well, we did. <laughs> Come on, yeah. off the street. You got to pay premium stuff for premium uh, content. Hey, you like want, ours, hey, you to be premium, baby. You got to be premium, right? That's how it is. <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here, y'all. man. Nothing but love for everybody else. Uh, we appreciate everybody following us on Chaos Theory and on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe uh, button as well. And uh, we'll see it. you tomorrow, guys.